Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. As Masha was praying, I was really sensing something, and, and I was like, what is this? And the best way I can put it is, like, you know when you have a balloon that you've blown up and you press on it? and you're trying to pop it, but you can't pop it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're like, like, no matter how hard you push on it, it won't pop. And I was like, what is that feeling? And what I realize is, you know, I say this multiple times already, but this is the season of pain. Wave a hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, the pain we've, we've mentioned before comes from from family, the lack of family, the presence of family, too much family, not enough family, whatever. But it also comes from uh, another year, I'm just where I was, or another year, I'm way not where I wanted to be, or another year, I am way off, worse off than I was before. But there's also this part about Christmas, is that Christmas is not a solo event right well you don't do it by yourself right i mean there's only so many hallmark movies you can binge no but if you watch like even all those hallmark movies there's not a single one that's like christmas one man's journey right i mean like that it doesn't exist right and the problem is people won't play along right Anybody here planned out a Christmas and people didn't play? Yeah, wow, this is getting painful. All right, you, do you know what I'm talking about? That the problem is people won't play their parts. Here's your role, here's your part, you know, play nice, you know. We're gonna, and so one of the things that happens is we, a lot of times we turn turtle. Maybe we go into a fantasy world of, of Hallmark Christmas that is never going to happen in our lives. Sorry. Or, or we, we go into high manipulation mode. Where are my people? Nobody? Well, high doing mode. High doing mode. And then high manipulation. Well, manipulation is a horrible word. But I provide everybody with what they need to be doing so I'm happy. I mean, they're happy. The thing happens, and they will love it. Oh, they will, right? No, but, but there's this thing of, of this powerlessness we feel when we actually have to do life with other people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so people are like, I'm so triggered, I can't see straight. So the, the funny thing is, as always, there's two ditches, right? The one ditch is not that. The one ditch is is self and the other ditch is others is when i play with others i discover how powerful they are anybody understand that right that they can really mess up my life anybody found that to be true Right? And when you discover that other people can mess up your life, what do you decide you want to do? Stay away, Stay away right? 
all by myself. And the great thing about being all by yourself is you by yourself are powerful, right? I tell me what to do, right? Right? And the reality is, you, you, happiness, you know, they say is an inside job. Anybody been told, you can't make me angry because I'm in charge of me, right? Right? Happiness is an inside job. I have to make decisions for myself. If I'm expecting somebody else to make me happy, how's that going to work out? Anybody found that? It doesn't work real well, right? So I'm powerful. I get to make decisions. I get to do incredible things. I mean, anybody had somebody else try to help you? I'm sorry. Have you, anybody here tried to get somebody else to make you lose weight? Anybody try to go say, I need you to guilt and shame me for the next 30 days, right? No. And so the reality, or anybody tried to use accountability to manipulate yourself into changing? And it didn't work, right? I get to make decisions. And in fact, at the end of the day, my relationship with Jesus is on me, right? Nobody can do it for me. Anybody ever gone to a church service and say, change me? And nothing happened, right? Church is not a car wash. In fact, you get to make decisions. But here's the problem. God doesn't call us to live on a little island, does he? And in fact, as we listen to him, he begins to speak to us about our our destiny and our calling. And what's the problem with destiny and calling? It almost always involves other people. Now, over here with others, there's some great benefits of inviting others into your life. What are some benefits of not doing it alone? Do, not, not do it all. Delegate. World domination all by myself. What else? Huh? Companionship. Anybody ever made that declaration? I'm not opening myself to anybody ever again. How long did you last? Right? You just can't do it. You're like, you know? Companionship. What else? Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork. Anybody, you, have you noticed that, like anybody like working on, guys, carpentry, right? Doing it by yourself. Doing it with somebody else. It's like five times easier, provided they're not a complete something. Anyway, right? Teamwork, right? There's something happens. What else? What are other benefits or reasons or blessings of doing it with others? Perspective. Perspective. I thought I understood everything. Support. support. With support, I put it this way. Anybody, um, you know, when you're by yourself, you tend to cycle pretty badly, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah! Right? But when you do it with healthy, other, other people who are healthy, you go, you, they tend to catch you, right? You know, who here, when it's going bad, it's, we're all going to die? Who are my all, we're all going to die people, right? Join me. We will die together, right? The best thing when you're, uh, I, we're all going to die people, is to have people in your life who are like, nah, not really. <sighs> you will die with me now. No, right? And so, yeah, this, this support that keeps us from cycling. What else? Generates ideas. Oh, generates ideas. 
I thought I had the only good ideas. Yeah, anybody gotten stuck in a box? And somebody comes in and goes, you know, turn around. I think you, there's other things over here. Anything else? Strength. Strength. And what was the other one? Security. Security. Accountable. Accountable. You know, the, the thing is with, with that strength and security... If any, okay, anybody watched a movie, a scary movie they shouldn't have, and then were in a dark house all by themselves, you become incredibly aware that you can only see this much, right? You're like, right? Because you become paranoid because you can't watch your back. You don't know what you don't know, right? And so when you have other people in your life who can go, hey, right? Anybody had a friend who, who, who helped you out? You're walking into some place and they're like, your zipper's down. You're like, thank you. Isn't it wonderful you have friends who watch your back? Come on. But, but again, there are the negatives, right, when we invite other people in. What are some negatives when we invite other people into? Well, let me say this. What are the negatives of doing it by yourself? Frustration. Frustration. Exhaustion. Say that again. That sounds like a benefit. No criticism. Well, let me. I'm just going to put this up here, but I know what you're saying. Wait, wait. wait, I I would submit. Oh, yeah. Super criticism, or we all agree this is a great idea, right? You know, I I love this line from. uh, uh, from Proverbs, it says that he who separates himself seeks his own desire. We all agreed this is great. Anybody had a friend who did that? How did that work out? All right, super critical, right? Lonely. Lonely. Egocentrism. Egocentrism. You know, one of the things is we tend to process everything in our lives according to themselves. You ever had, okay, you have never done this, but anybody like walked into a party and they made it all about themselves, they're like, everybody's offended, everybody is so offended at me, and you're like, they didn't even notice you were here. Exactly. Yeah. Right? You, tend, you don't have ability to process very well. What else? Overwhelmed. overwhelmed. You know, part of the reason for the exhaustion and the frustration and the overwhelmed is that you were never meant to do it all yourself. And when you have to do it all yourself, it's going to kill you. But what are some negatives of inviting others into it? Huh? All the things. Oh, yeah, yeah, overhead, yes. Come on. Now we have to have coffee. Conflict. You mean where they're wrong. I thought you said they were giving me good ideas. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. What else? Heartbreak. Heartbreak. I'll push. What's that? Rejection. Oh, good grief. You guys are triggering me. 
You know the worst part about need trust? People are like, I can't trust unless I can guarantee the results. That would not be trust. Right? No control. No control. Uh, no slash not enough. <laughs> What's that? Sharing. Sharing. Ooh. Oh, what a misunderstanding. Um, I'll say one more with this. Is, I, I want to say, depending on others. Anybody invited people in to yours and then depended on them and then they flaked? Okay. Depending on others. How fun is that? <laughs> right? So, so again, most of our lives, we tend to vacillate between these two, don't we? Everybody off the island. I'm all by myself. Ah, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. Invite a few people on. But this time, we're going to really vet them well. <laughs> and it, but it doesn't work, does it? So the great news is, this is why I love Scripture, is Scripture's full of this. And so we're, we're going to dive in today, and we're going to watch Mary. Because... Mary, we talked last week, had this incredible encounter with an angel. The angel Gabriel shows up and tells her the best news ever. She's, a, she's won the lottery of life. She's going to be the mother of the Messiah. This is incredible, right? We already saw it wasn't turning out quite like she expected. But it's about to get worse. So if you've got Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 1. And then if you've got a finger, you can go and put... If you don't have fingers, we'll pray for you. Um, you can put it over in, in Luke chapter 2. We'll flip there in a second. All right, here we go. All right. All right. So, now, if Mary's going to have a child, we already to we're told, right? Who is the father of, of Mary's child? God. So she don't need no man. She needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, right? Like she's good. <laughs> no, anybody done this? You got a vision from God of the glory on your life and you're like, I'll take it from here. And in fact, we talked last week that she ran. She ran. She left home. She left everybody. And she ran to where? To her cousin Elizabeth, the one lady who might have a clue how to understand her. And in fact, that's so important when God's beginning to speak on our lives that we don't put our identity and destiny up for a popular vote. Have you ever done that? You shared with everybody, Jesus says I'm going to be amazing. And everybody said, we don't agree, right? But she finds the one woman who's not going to hopefully, possibly not think she's crazy. And Elizabeth goes, oh my God. Why should the mother of my Lord come to see me? <sighs> Amazing, incredible confirmation. But the story's not done, is it? Because she heads back home. And it said, verse 18, This is how the birth of the Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she found out, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce, divorce her quietly. You know, we don't know a lot about Joseph. We, we've got some traditions. He's obviously not around once the time Jesus comes uh, into his ministry, but most likely he was older. He was not her dream guy. Right? And God can only work through dream guys. And other people chose him. Or I was stupid and chose it. Moving on. God can't. God is not so powerless that he can't work through fallible people. Moving on. And so what is he going to do? He's a good dude. And he's probably deeply offended and hurt. Right? Right? Embarrassed? Disgraced? Ashamed? Ever felt shame for something you had no part in? Right, You're like, whoa, you know? And, it's, and if you've grown up in a small town, you know nothing stays hidden ever. It gets put out for everybody, right? And here he is, and he is like, okay, but you know what? I could have it out in the, in the town square. They, now, now, they didn't, believe it or not, even though the law required her to be stoned, they didn't stone people. That's why when they dragged the woman to Jesus, it was such a big deal. They really didn't stone each other. In fact, they, the rabbis say that if a Sanhedrin saw somebody, uh, gave someone a sentence of capital punishment every seven years, they were bad. Like, they just didn't do it. They didn't keep the law in that way. So he was just like, but he could, he was totally within his rights to go, hmm, right? And do it publicly, right? To clear his own shame. Who here because you felt shame, decided to throw the bomb of shame on the other person. Blink twice. Or had it done to you, right? He's within his rights. By the way, any conversation that starts with, I have a right, it's probably not going to end well. Just saying. Anyway, but after he had considered this, now here's the beautiful thing. He considered it. You know what considered means? He didn't act instantaneously on Right there. Do you know most of our problems in life would be solved if we just followed that one simple rule? Pause. <laughs> Think, right? Delay a little bit. He said, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because she has, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He doesn't even get Gabriel. What's up with that? He gets a dream. The amazing thing is, if we look at it from Joseph's perspective, what has happened to his dreams at this point? What happened to his plans? Do you think they're a little sideways to what he planned? Just a tad? Not exactly how I'm a father, not a father, right? But he hears God in a dream, and it's an invitation. It's not a command. It's an invitation to step in to Mary's journey. Now, Mary. What about Mary? 
Mary's probably thinking, you know what? As hard as it is, it would probably be easier without having to go through this with, with it. But God is good and God is faithful. And Joseph gets an opportunity to say no to Mary's destiny. He could say, I'm not a part of this. Couldn't he have? The story would have been very different. He could have said no. So you know what we do? To, what do we do when we discover that other people have the ability to veto our destiny? Not you, other people. We reject them first. Just, what else? What's that? Beat them to the veto. That's right. Reject them first. Yeah? Walk away. Okay, okay, I've got my runners. Okay, come on, my runners. How about the others of you, my active people? I'm a runner, so I'm with you. What? What to help him? Help him come to the right truth, right? I will manipulate you to feel safe. I mean, sorry, I mean to help you come to the light. What if... I can trust God with fallible people and not have to manipulate them to see my perspective in my most vulnerable place. You know, what if many times God can't move on our behalf in other people's lives because we beat God to the punch? But interesting enough, you imagine Joseph. Joseph goes, Mary, Mary, good news. You're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. No does, Sherlock. <laughs> I already knew that. You don't get to speak over my destiny. Oh, but I got good news. Yeah? He is, name is going to be Jesus. Says who? I get to name the baby. How dare you name the baby Ladies? Nobody? Nobody? He's not even your kid. Nobody's offended yet? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I mean, here, like, like, look at it. It's just like, all of a sudden, Joseph actually has input on what Mary thought was her destiny alone. <gasps> it's my destiny. All by myself. Together. Together. And he will save his people from sin. Wow. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Anybody ever seen the, read a book called The Best Christmas Pageant Ever? I always love it. There's a little girl there. She's playing Jesus. I mean, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she goes, she goes, unto me a baby's born. Unto me. I'm the one who named it. I'll name him Ralph. Right? You know, there's this, this, this thing in us that we want our destiny. We want control of our destiny. We want, and we'll only invite people in if we can control what they do. Well, it gets worse. Luke chapter 2. 
So Mary's gone back. She's all of a sudden she's taken into household. Now we don't know. Tradition is that he was uh, he was a widower. He had adult kids. So Mary, 14, 16, 17, is now stepmama to 20-somethings. I promise you, this is not the dream that she had. Anybody stepped into a dream and you're like, this was not how I planned it? So obviously God can't bless me in it. In those days, so, and most likely, so Joseph, it says, you know, we know him as a carpenter. Just like in our culture, carpenter was really, he was a, he was a construction worker. And more than likely, Nazareth was just outside of a city called Sephora that was being, or Sephoris that was being built, this huge Greek city that they were building. And it was super not okay that Jews were building this Greek city. So he was basically, more than likely, a migrant worker. So here we go. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So, total side thing, but the, the amount of historical data in this is, is beautiful. It, they can locate it very clearly. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Gal- Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. More than likely, this is his family home. This is, he's a migrant worker, right? Because the work was in Galilee. That's where all the work was at the time. That was the area that was really booming economically. But he came home to Bethlehem just outside of Jerusalem because he had to for the taxes. And when he went, he went there to be registered with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. Now, think about this as Mary, right? Ladies, if you're in your last month of a pregnancy... How far do you get away from the house? From your phone, from your car, from your hospital, right? You don't. This is not part of her plan. Huh? From her social network, right? Her ladies. Like, this is not part of her plan. It's Joseph. Mm. Jesus, I did. Father, I did not even sign up to have Joseph a part of this. You and me, we had a deal. We were going to have a baby. God, though, works through these imperfect relationships. Joseph, it doesn't say God told Joseph to go to the the census. They could have gone on the run. But Joseph goes and takes Mary with him. Well. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Do you think after she rode for seven days on the back of a, of a donkey, I don't know how she came to have a baby, right? You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I mean, that's another thing. That far along and riding a donkey. Anyway, moving on. She wrapped him in clothes, in, in swaddling clothes, and, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, we always grew up with no room at the inn, Right? But that word is actually the guest room. So every home had a guest room. For whom? For guests. You are a pregnant woman. Do you qualify? In your parents-in-law's house. How do you think she felt when the family would not receive her? Would not receive her child. 
Anybody offended yet? Just, just a tiny bit? These people are, are voting against my identity and my destiny. They are rejecting me. Do they have a power there? To make my life difficult? Yes. To stop God's plan in my life? No. 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 There they are in the backside, probably in a cave turned into a barn, out there with the animals. And no, it didn't look like they show in the movies. It was stinky. Anybody been in a barn in winter? The animals don't want to go outside. Well, it may not have been winter, but either way, they, they're not, it's not clean. But there she is, making the best of it. You know, I love, I love, it says in John, at the exact right time, he was born. The exact right time. God, really? And now, now, do you think her, what she heard from the angel was hard to believe? Was it a little easier when she realized she was pregnant? Yeah. Now, Joseph, though, Joseph had to receive everything by, from a dream and by faith from Mary. But he did, right? Do you, Elizabeth said it agreed. So now we got three people on this island. Nobody else. Oh, how am I going to walk? How am I going to walk in my destiny if nobody sees who I am and sees my value and sees what I'm called to do and agrees with me? Don't worry. There's others coming. But there, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. There's a lot of angels. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Anybody see a theme here? <laughs> right? The angel shows up. Now, the thing about shepherds is there was a huge industry in this area of sheep. Because when Passover rolled around, they needed somewhere between 50 and 100,000 sheep to slaughter. So everybody could have a Passover lamb. And so they had monstrous amounts of shepherds. But it was not... Um, do you know who they hired to be shepherds? Have you ever watched sheep? They're not... Intel they're intelligent about one thing, orneriness. That's about it. They're right? They're stinky. And so they would hire the people who couldn't do any other job. Why do you think the angel went to the shepherds? I mean, we don't have a record, so you can say anything. What do you think? Most open to believe? They were awake? 3 a.m., okay, we are looking for awake people. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I learned yesterday that the shepherds at that time was teenagers. Were what? Oh, teenagers. Uh-huh. Teenagers. Yeah. And kind of like my understanding because I yeah. was having the same question. Yeah. Teenagers actually, you know, people, the young people, it's more open to God who would just receive it. Come on. They're more likely to, you wanna, right? Whereas, how, Okay. Anybody here? You, you get to a certain age and you just roll over? <laughs> Those are the people that Jesus went after? Come on. The least of these. Come on. Come on. 
come on. Well, and Jesus said how hard it is for the rich. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was the king. Yeah, he was. He was shepherd king. Moses, David, Jesus, right? The good shepherd. You know, the thing is, I have to wonder if the, the angels didn't make several stops around Bethlehem that morning. <laughs> How many people hit the snooze? Right? I don't Okay, have you never missed God in the middle of the night? I've missed him. Jesus like, come, let us talk. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. The only ones who were willing were the ones who, the teenagers, the ones who had the least... Uh, the, the, the least to lose, but they do and they come. Um, our dog, after it gets rained on, stinks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a special kind of stink. Sheep being out of doors plus lanolin stink. People who spend time with sheep stink. You can imagine Mary is like trying her best. Now, remember, she marries, she marries she, uh, Joseph probably about three months before and she's trying to get some sort of nesting going, gets yanked out. Now she's in a barn, probably trying to do at least some sort of nesting, trying to make some sort of safe place, right, for her baby. And then walks, <laughs> Mary, I've brought you some witnesses of your great moment. Okay, God, when I said I wanted people on my team, I needed to be more explicit. This is the best you could get. It said, and this will be, it said, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Why, why is that? That's just a dichotomy. If he was wrapped, if he was lying in a manger, they'd figure he's abandoned. But the fact that he was wrapped up in clothes, he was cared for. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Apparently, they had nowhere else to be because nobody else was answering the call. Right? The whole, they all joined in and said, with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven. And on earth, peace to those of whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Do you guys realize every single time an angel came, uh, came there was an opportunity for people to either uh, receive it and act on it or reject it? What happened to the one person who rejected it? Zechariah. Do you think Elizabeth had been praying for years for a baby with that man? And when the opportunity comes... He screws it up. Sorry. But God still worked without her having to intervene. Just saying that. When the angel had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened and bail on our job. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm wondering who's watching the sheep, right? They're like, woohoo! <laughs> So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Can we pull up that picture? I, I just found this. I, I love the look on Joseph's face. He's holding the baby and he's like, you want what? 
Who are you people? Where did you come from? Yeah, are your hands warm? Let us have debate. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Do you guys remember that when everybody wants to hold your baby? And you're like, hands off the baby. Right? I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, there's some movies I want to see in heaven. Joseph, get those people out of here. You know, and when, I love that. What was that great meme, you know? And then right behind them, right when she's put the baby down, ma'am, can I play a drum solo for you? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you promise you she just fed him, just, just you know, wrapped him up, just got him laid down. They're like, hey, show us this baby. <laughs> if you want people in your life, it's going to be messy. It's not going to be controllable. You don't get to necessarily choose. Anybody ended up on an island because your standards were so high? When they had seen him, they spread the word. Remember, these are people of no reputation. Hi, you hear about the baby? Like, we were trying to keep a low profile in this town. Now everybody knows. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all that heard him were amazed, also disbelieving, right? Amazed, that's kind of like, huh? What? At what the shepherds had said, but, but, Mary did what? Treasured, treasured, treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen in which they had just been told. Let me go back. Verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. What do you think all these things refers to? The The shepherds? What's that? Come on, how everything was lining up and, and uh, what, what, what did you say? The oh, the shepherds? Everything lining up? What else? Wait and see. Huh? Wait and see. see. Kind of like, I'm holding on, right? Because she's only got the very tiniest part of the promise, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, have you, ever, have you ever looked at a brand new baby and gone, how does this become a full-size human? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like my brother, my brother uh, uh, said to uh, my sister-in-law after their first baby was born, he said, jokingly, hopefully, uh, you've just given birth to an alien. You know, like some of those babies come out, you're like, ooh, (laughs) right? Like, like, I mean, like, you're like, that's not how I imagined it, right? Anybody shocked at how messy birth is? Just saying. All these things, she's treasuring them because... She has only got a part of it. What else do you think she was remembering and treasuring? Hmm? I think she was treasuring what the Gabriel had told her, remembering that, right? I think she was treasuring what Joseph had told about his encounter, which she had to receive by faith. Everybody's having angelic encounters and telling her about it. You know, she hasn't heard from God since the baby showed up in her womb. I will have my relationship with God. 
But suddenly God is now encouraging her through all these other people. She has to make her heart vulnerable to all these other people in her life. Messy people, broken people, imperfect people. Does that sound fun? But we know how the story turned out, don't we? I would submit this thing. She treasured all these things in her heart. When she looked past the shepherds, dirty, not qualified to witness the birth, not qualified to be here, she looked past them and she heard the voice of God in their voice. She heard the voice of God coming through the angel. She fed upon that even though she hadn't seen an angel in nine months. She fed upon what God had said nine months ago. She fed on what Joseph had, do- had said, but better yet, what Joseph had done as the evidence of God's care for her and the, and the, and the affirmation of the promise. She fed herself on that in the, in, in, in the face of being in a barn. Do you think that was part of her birth plan? All right? No. Was that part of her plan? And yet, even though nothing in her life was going according to plan, she held on to the promise and treasured all these things in her heart. All right, this is where it gets messy. You guys ready? Every single one of us has a calling and a destiny in our lives to be a blessing, to, be, to, be, to bring change and transformation and to allow God to invade this earth. <laughs> and every single one of us, it is a unique calling but to us, and he wants to speak it over us, directly to us, but he will call us to do it in the midst of community with other people. Broken people. Some of them very close, like Joseph. Some not so close, the shepherds or Elizabeth. But he will call us into community. He will call us to walk these things out with imperfect people. And many times we fall into the ditch of either that they, those people are disqualified from being part of it, or the other ditch, that they can disqualify me. But God is not so weak. I just want to close your eyes right now and just say, God, are there any people in my life that I have allowed to disqualify me from your promise to me? Are there any people in my life, Lord, that I have given the ability to keep me from following you. Lord, are there people in my life that I feel I have to change so that I can make my vision come to pass? Lord, I thank you that your calling on me is true and you are faithful and good to bring it to pass. So I can trust you for the people you've placed in my life. It may not have been according to my plan. It may not have been according to what I think would be your best plan. But I believe you can use the imperfect people in my life to actually bring your purposes to pass in my life. If we could have the worship team come up. I'm not going to lie. I know that this is uncomfortable. 
But if all of your attempts to either isolate or manip- from people or manipulate the people in your life are not working according to plan, what have you got to lose? <laughs> so as we stand, Father, I ask right now that you would bring your anesthesia of your love to give us the courage to trust you with the people in our lives. To both not distance ourselves from them or need to manipulate or control them, but rather to walk in obedience to you with them. Your beautiful name. Amen. I really feel a strong word. Um, Just as Mary was in full pleasure of God, Mary and Joseph were in full pleasure of God, yet they were homeless. Yet they were in a very difficult situation. Yet they were just um, in impossible circumstances. And I feel like God wants to break off any kind of shame of anyone who is in hard situation right now, of anyone who is in hard circumstances. I feel like He's speaking to you and saying, it's not a sign of His displeasure. It's not a sign of His punishment. It's not a sign that He's not with you or that you are not walking in your destiny. I just, just right now, just repent of that thinking right now. Just say, Jesus, I lay down this, this thought, this lie that somehow because it's so hard, just because it's just so hard and so impossible and so complicated that somehow you're not with me, somehow you're not in the midst, somehow you are not completely pleased with me and moving on my behalf. I just know that there was so much, you know, Mary and Joseph could step into so much shame based on their circumstances, illegitimate child, the family doesn't want them, rejection, just all this stuff, poverty, homelessness, joblessness, just moving, just craziness. But Jesus, Lord, Father, you were right in the midst of it, literally. And I feel like he wants to show you how he is in the midst of the hard things that you are going through. Right in the middle, right in the middle that he is pleased with you. I just break off that lie right now of everyone who is going through hard stuff that he somehow displeased or somehow mad at you or somehow is not blessing you or holding out on you. Just in Jesus' name, just... If that's you right now, just put your hand on your heart or on your head right now and just pray with me, just in Jesus' name. I just break it off right now. I break agreement with this lie that somehow that you are not on my side, Jesus. That you are not fighting for me, Jesus. That you've left me to sort this mess out. That you have left me alone. That you have left me without help. I just reject that lie right now and I receive the truth that you are right in the midst with me, that your promises are being born in the midst of the mess, in the midst of rejection, in the midst of just hard circumstances. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, Jesus, that you are moving, that you are working. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.